Uh, no, we'll have a different. Okay, so I will just do this and wait for. And it for him we'll just do that, and then everyone will talk to each other for about oh. two minutes, and okay. peace of Christ be with you, sort of thing. And then followed by discussion. Uh, the choir will make it happen. There'll be a song. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And we don't do the possession, right? Do we do the possession? Uh, not us. No, we just we start up right there. Yeah, we're good. Well, good morning on this blustery, wintry day in November before Thanksgiving. It's good to see each and every one of you here and your smiling faces. And many had, uh, you know, travel restrictions. And uh, those of you who are joining us virtually, welcome. We're glad you're here as well. Because of the inclement weather, weather we've had, uh, unfortunately, our Kelvin Alumni Choir, which was scheduled to join us this morning, has had to cancel. So uh, that's sad, but we will look to reschedule them in the not-too-distant future. Uh, one of the things that means is that you'll notice, they'll, as you go through the service today, there'll be some modifications, particularly with music pieces, to bits of your bulletins as we've adjusted to that last-minute cancellation. So just follow along, and I, I think it'll all make good sense. But even with that, we're very excited to have our dear brothers and sisters from the Sudanese Grace Church with us. And then Reverend Zachariah will be helping us this morning in our worship service. We're very excited about that. And also want to remind you and invite you to purchase some of the food they've prepared for us for sale. Uh, This is part of their fundraiser to build, uh, I believe it's a playground in their new facilities at their new church. And it's delicious. Definitely pick that up on your way out. I should also uh, bring to your attention that prayer cards will be collected during the offertory today and they'll be added to our prayer list. So now I'll ask uh, Reverend Zachariah to come. And at this moment, as God children, it's a time for us to pass the peace to one another. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Peace. Peace to you. Yeah. 
we come to worship Christ, Alpha and Omega, the one who is, who was, and it is to come. We come to worship Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the hearse. Internal word, create I am, wonderful counselor, friend of peace. We all come to worship Jesus Christ. King of kings and rule of God. To him and the glory and the power. Amen.
the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, merciful, grant that the people of the hearse, divided and everlasting by sin, may be free and brought together under his most gracious rule, who live and reign with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord Jesus is a good king, overflowing with grace and mercy towards us. So now I invite you into a time of repentance. First, in a moment of silence for personal confession, and then in a corporate confession, we all speak together as found in your bulletin. Let us now bring our sins before the Lord. And now we confess together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. God has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Sisters and brothers, we are a forgiven people. Be at peace. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. And all of our friends from Sudanese Grace, if you want to come forward as all the kids come forward with us, we would love to have you join us.
Good morning. It's so fun to see all of you. I can't believe you made it through all the snow to get here. Who was happy that we had a snow day on Friday? Raise your hand. All right, let's look out here. Who was happy that we had a snow day on Friday? Raise your hand. Oh, there are less hands out there. That's crazy. Well, one of the things I bet you guys did on your snow day was you played with friends, whether it was a neighbor or a cousin came over or someone in your own house, you went out and played together. And today we have friends with us that go to a different church and they used to though be in this church in the building. They would come and worship on Sundays. And so we're so glad to have them back. And what we normally do with friends is we play and we sing. So Miss Abby is going to lead us in a song that we're going to do together, but then we're also going to ask the grown-ups to sing with us too, because when we sing together, it's a beautiful thing. So Miss Abby, take it away. We're going to sing all together. Okay, I'm going to sit, well, I'll just kind of stand right here. So our song, This Is The Day. We're going to sing it through one time right now. I'm going to be the leader, and everybody gets to echo. All right? Are you ready? Okay. Miss Malia's here today, too. Oh, I can't really see her, though. I'm going to scoot over a little bit. There's some beautiful flowers there. All right. Miss Malia, are we ready? This is the day. That the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. That the Lord has made. Now, do you think the grown-ups are ready to sing along with us? Can we all be the leaders up here and have the grown-ups echo us, do you think? Okay, are you ready, everybody? Are you ready, everybody? Okay, let's do it. That was beautiful. All right, friends, we are all going to go to Sunday school together. So if we all want to stand up, 
All of our children can be found in Fellowship Hall after the service. You can come and get them before going and purchasing delicious food after the service. So we're all going to go this way. The reading this morning come from Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 20. And you can pound at the beginning of the page 833 in your, on your few Bible. For he has rescued us from the dominions of darkness and brought us into a kingdom of the Son he loved, in whom he have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on hers, visible and invisible, whether throne or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he made have the supremacy. For God has pleased to have all his fullness and dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things or hers or thing in heaven, and making peace through his blood, shed on a cross. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You might have noticed during our worship service today, it's even on the cover of your bulletin, that this is Christ the King Sunday in the liturgical calendar. Everyone's looking to see if that's actually... Yeah, <laughs> good job. Uh, Christ the King, that's quite the statement about Jesus. We live in a world with many conflicting answers to the question, who is Jesus? Some say that he's just a Jewish reformer and a prophet. Some say... He's just a political revolutionary. Others say that he was merely a good teacher, one of history's greatest, like Buddha or Gandhi. 
But we Christians insist that Jesus Christ is the king over everything. And we mean that in the fullest sense of the word. Now, sitting here today in 2022 in America, we might need to do some work to understand what scripture means when it talks about a king and a kingdom. I think we might have some baggage to unpack. After all, the United States famously began as a rebellion against a king and a kingdom. And even further, we live in a liberal democracy. And I think it's fair to say that most of the current instances of monarchies in the world are, shall we say, generally not positive ones. So... How are we supposed to make sense of the idea that Jesus is the king? And further, why should we even care? What difference would that make for us? I think it'll help by beginning today. We recognize that Jesus is like no other monarch the world's ever seen. From our passage, I think we'll see that the king of creation... And the king of reconciliation is the Lord of a Christian's life. We're going to focus our time together today on verses 15 through 20 of our passage from Colossians chapter 1. We'll first consider creation and then we'll look at redemption. Well, verse, seven, sorry, verse 15 starts by saying that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Now, how can something invisible have an image? Seems an odd way to say that. Uh, But we need to understand that image here is not like a reflection in a mirror or uh, the picture on a TV screen. Here, image means something that reveals a reality or even is part of that reality. As the image of God, Jesus is the exact representation of God. So if you were to ask the question, what is God like? The answer is Jesus. That's what he's like. We can see the invisible God in him because God has taken on human form. That means that the essence of God, the very heart of God himself is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say that creation doesn't show us anything about God. But what it does show us is blurry and elusive because of the cataract of sin in our hearts. Creation reveals the majesty and power of the Lord. But it's an incomplete picture. It's in Jesus that we fully see and know God. And what do we see? Well, it turns out that the God who lives in unapproachable light is revealed in Jesus to be someone who hangs out with the scum of the earth. The one who talks to nobodies and loves them. The one who's unimpressed with the powerful and the accomplished. 
What do we see in Jesus? We see a God who lays down his life for our sake. Well, then the Apostle Paul says that Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Now, this does not mean that Christ is the first creature or really even a creature at all. It's not about origin here. This is about status. So we, when we hear the word firstborn, might think of the first chronological child. But this passage is talking about the status that was given in the ancient world to the firstborn. Christ reigns over all created things. Well, speaking of creation... In Genesis 1, chapter chapter 1, verse 1, we read the very first line in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And our passage for today colors in that line with more details. If you look at verse 16, we can see that in the beginning, all things were created in Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. You have this piling on of prepositions. Maybe you could think of it this way. If the creation of all things were a film, Jesus Christ is the writer, he's the director, he's the producer, he's the starring actor, and the whole plot is about him. Christ has the right to reign over all creation because he's the creator of everything. If you create something, it's yours. So when you see the beauty of a fresh snowfall, the majesty of the Grand Canyon, or far away lights from a distant galaxy at night, everything in the universe whispers the name Jesus Christ, its creator. His fingerprints are on all that have been made. Verse 17 says... He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. It's almost like Christ is this divine glue or this spiritual gravity that that holds it all together. But not like the force in Star Wars, but in a very personal and intimate way. Not only does this passage tell us that Christ brings everything into existence, but he keeps it in existence. He sustains it as well. Well, our King Jesus reigns over all creation. He made all of it. He holds it all in existence. And that includes your life. When this passage says all things, you are part of the all things. You're not your own. You're not the master of your own destiny. No, if you're a Christian, you belong to the king. And that's actually really good news. Because this king is a brother to you. He knows your name. He cares about you deeply. You'll never be forgotten. And the purpose of your life is ultimately... The same purpose of all of creation, to reflect the goodness and glory 
of Christ the King. So this passage tells us that Christ reigns over all creation, but there's more. Christ the King reconciles all things, too. So you have this lofty picture, the king of all creation, and then scripture puts him in a very unexpected place, bloody and dead on a cross, dying to save the world. Like I said, we know the supreme creator and the one who sustains all things. We know him as the one who was crucified and resurrected. King over all creation and king over all salvation. This is one of the surprising mysteries of the Christian faith. The death of an obscure Jewish man, really a nobody, on some God-forsaken hill in the backwater of a Roman Empire. His death is what reconciles God to the world. No, the, the high and the holy God is not fully revealed to us in some abstract principles or some truths of pure reason. As we see in verse 19, the fullness of God comes to us in one human named Jesus. At just the right time and just the right place in history, the pre-existing one, the creator, the eternal God, the son of the father. He becomes a human. The creator becomes the creation. To save all of creation. Author Shirley Guthrie captures this idea well, and I'll quote her at length because she really gets it so nicely. She writes, he is not like a king who preserves his majesty and honor only by shutting himself up in the splendor of his palace, safely isolated from the misery of the poor peasants and the threat of his enemies outside the fortress. His majesty is the majesty of a love so great that he leaves the palace and his royal trappings to live among his subjects as one of them sharing their condition even at the risk of vulnerability to the attack of his enemies. If we want to find this king, we'll find him among the weak and lowly, his genuine majesty both revealed and hidden in his choosing to share their vulnerability, suffering, and guilt and powerlessness. She writes, Well, we also see in verse 18 that Christ's resurrection is the source of salvation. Just as he is the source of creation from the very beginning, he's the source of the new creation. His resurrection opens up new possibilities for a dying world. In John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus says, Because I live, you also will live. His resurrection ushers in the age of new life, the age of resurrected life. So that that power of the new age is unleashed while there's still time for the world to be saved. 
And this is a beautiful thing to catch about this passage. Christ is not just the savior of your soul and my soul. He's not just the savior of individuals. He's the firstborn from the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. He reconciles all things to himself, it says in verse 20. It is all that has been made that is the scope within the scope of all that is to be redeemed. And I think there's an important implication here for how we Christians see the world. If the one who made us and the one who saves us is one and the same, well, that means that the world around us is good. It's been marred and polluted by sin, but it was perfectly good when it was made. It's still pretty good now, and it will be perfectly good again. And I think that can be an important reminder to us that the material world around us and even our human bodies are not some sort of cage that are holding us back, something to be escaped. If Jesus only saves your soul and not your body, if Jesus only saves you and not the whole world, he's not fully the Savior. I want us to catch also in verse 18 where it says King Jesus is the head of the church. The church is the future, God's future breaking into the present. Imperfect as the church can be, it's the place where we experience God's reconciliation. And that reconciliation starts here and radiates out to the whole world. In fact, to all of creation. It's, it's, God's purposes are just gestating here, waiting to fully come. I know here in Michigan you're probably familiar with frozen lakes. If you've ever been out on a lake and you drill a hole and maybe the ice is a little too thin and a crack starts to spread and you hear that terrible noise and then another crack starts to spread and all of a sudden that small little hole in the ice breaks out into the entire body of water. Well, that's what it's like with the church. Peace, salvation is breaking out to all of creation through what Christ has done in the cross and through us. Our passage for today is one of the strongest statements in Scripture of the true identity of Jesus. He's the fullness of God. He's not just some divine emanation. (laughs) He's not God Jr. The God who fills heaven and earth is pleased to dwell fully in the Son, the Son who takes on human existence. And it's by his humiliating death that everything is made right. So how might we, sitting here today, Receive this word of the Lord. Well, maybe you've heard that song that children sometimes sing in church. He's got the whole world in his hands. Turns out that's quite the profound theological truth, right? 
Our King Jesus created all things. He is redeeming all things. And that really means all things. He's the Lord of our economy. He's the Lord of the land that we're living on now. He's the Lord of our Christian communities, just to give a few examples. And for us as believers, God has forgiven us so that we can participate in his work of reconciliation as we seek to bring justice and peace as citizens of the kingdom of God. And this is our great privilege as believers. We get taken up into God's big restoration project. So whatever you do, wherever God has placed you, whether you, you take care of your family, you get to know your neighbors, as you go to your job, as maybe you practice law or medicine or counseling or plumbing or sales or painting or whatever, right? As a Christian, you are an agent of reconciliation as God restores this broken world. So, if there's ugliness in your world, you have the privilege of bringing beauty. If there's disorder, you can bring some order. If there's cruelty, you bring kindness. If there's confusion, you bring faith. Finally, sisters and brothers, seeing who Jesus really is should leave us in awe and praise. The king of creation, the king of redemption, makes himself known to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And he is a God of love. So praise him, adore him. He is the ruler of all, and he is our good king. Amen.
with our brothers and sisters from Sudanese Grace with us here this morning, and with all other Christians around the world and throughout the last 2,000 years, we speak together the great truths of the Christian faith as summarized in the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, this is the time that we show the action of love by the offering. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for sacrifice and thanksgiving for praise.
Let us pray. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness, your love, and kindness to us. We thank you for the blessings of this life and for your provisions for us. Above all, we thank you for your immeasurable love in the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, who redeems us and the whole world. Lord, help us to grow in gratitude day after day and give us thankful hearts so that we may praise you with our lips and our lives. Eternal God, the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, much less the walls of buildings made with hands. In your grace, receive our thanks for this place and for the church that worships you here. We praise you for your works at Mayflower throughout this church's history, and we give you thanks for the way you are moving among us today. Give us all the ears to hear where you are calling us and the faith to follow that call. Lord, our hearts are troubled by the division and rancor we see in our society. We ask you to bring harmony to our nation, genuine harmony, that comes from humility, compassion, and justice. God of peace, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have overcome all worldly divisions. We ask you to help the church to be an example of unity for all our country to see and to lead the way towards peace and understanding. This morning we pray for all the churches in this city as they gather to worship you. Protect your people from harm and fill us with your love as we seek to serve you. Strengthen us in the unity that we believers share through your Son and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we might proclaim your gospel to the world. And now let us all pray the Lord's Prayer out loud as found in your bulletin. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. Amen. As we dismiss and depart here this morning, I'd like to remind you that this Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we have our Thanksgiving Day service here at Mayflower, which will be available, of course, in person, but also via streaming as well, so you can connect virtually there. I'd again remind you to buy food. Our Sudanese Grace brothers and sisters have prepared some wonderful, delicious meals. You can pick some of that up on your way out. And then a week from today, on the 27th, begins the first week of Advent, so please join us for that if you're able. To wherever God has called you this week, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. We go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God. much brother lovely yeah it's great to have you here yeah good morning how you doing how's it going good good